human music. <laughs> All right. So it's interesting. What's interesting? There we go. That's interesting. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Saban as a new profile picture. Where? Where's Saban? Oh, yes, I saw that the, the other day. It's Doctor Saban now, apparently. What's up, Doc? <laughs> and what's up, Doc? <laughs> Saban is just trying to Saban. Saban. He's saving the world one one day at a time, y'all. You know. Yeah. All right. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to JavaScript Jam Live. Every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, you can come and have a blast with us talking about everything web development and JavaScript related. If you're not hype right now, then I don't know why you're even in here. Yeah, get hype. <laughs> nah, for real, though, thank you all so much for hanging out with us today. Uh, we're going to have a really good time uh, talking about everything, web often, React performance, tips, all that good stuff. We got our man Will Johnson in the house, and Henri. What's up, everybody? Um, let's go ahead and invite uh, Henri up here, too. Yeah, I said invites to okay. yeah, both I figured. Them and I just Dev as well. Another one okay. uh, Will, you want to introduce yourself? You it looks like you already got your speaker role going. Yo, what's up, everybody? Thanks for having me. My name is Will. I'm a senior developer advocate at uh, Off Zero by Okta, and I hate passwords. So by default, I love WebAuthn, and also looking forward to uh, hanging out in the beautiful Miami if it's not rainy next week. Yes. Hopefully we get, yeah, hopefully it's a nice nice time and not too much rain, like you were saying. Although Florida, you know, it's like every 30 minutes, right? I mean, that's kind of how it works. <laughs> yeah, So, but hopefully uh, the, the forecast, I was looking at on Apple Weather, it was saying it was going to rain like every day, like thunderstorms and stuff. So I, I hope they're oh, wrong bro. and uh, the wind blows you know, like in Costa Rica and then it misses Florida or something. You know how weather works. Right. <laughs> I actually used to be a weatherologist in my previous life. Weatherologist. Oh, uh, yeah. Meteor weatherologist. Right. Yeah, that's what it is. Awesome. <laughs> well, I'm super happy to have you here, man. Super glad. We're really excited for Miami uh, as well. Um, and just to, to hear more today about what that's going to be like a little bit, a little bit of taste here and there, a little touch of some things, um, sneak peek, you know, uh, if you have, have or will you have you. And then, um, yeah, so uh, I do want to say this real quick before we really just get started with everything after we do uh, one more introduction with Henri and then uh, myself and Anthony. Um, I want to just say that if you're a, a beginner, um, or your advanced web developer, you know, whether you've been in just starting this game or been in it for a minute, it doesn't matter. We want to hear from everybody. Uh, so please, please, please feel free to request to come up here, ask questions, make statements, <laughs> comments, facts, opinions. It don't matter. We want to hear it all. Okay. Why? Because that brings more value to the space, all right? If you are feeling like you have an inkling, an inkling just to have a little bit of a question out there or something, please come on up. Like, don't be afraid. It's gonna be fun, for real. We, we are very open to everybody commenting and uh, talking, right? Like I said, more value, the more the merrier, right? That's, that's the term, okay? <laughs> we mean it. Very, very much an open mic concept. All right. With that being said, uh, we'll pass it off to Henri real quick, and he can make an intro of himself as well. And then um, Anthony and I will will kick it off, and we'll go from there. 
Laundry. Good afternoon, folks. Can I be heard? Because I'm using this bizarre contraption here, so I just want to make sure you guys can hear me. Yeah, you sound good. All sound right, great, thank bro. you so much. Uh, good afternoon, folks. Thanks for having me, first of all. Hey, my name is Henri, um, and uh, I work at this fantastic company called Catchpoint, uh, and uh, I've been there for, uh, let me see, about a year and a half right now, and I joined the team. Uh, I joined the company after they acquired this uh, amazing tool called web page test uh, and I was brought on to sort of uh, sort of grow that pie uh, of uh, the business uh, simply because uh, it was a probably one of the best tools if not the best around uh, by some uh, that was wasn't really well known you know and um, at the same time uh, this was happening at a, a point where performance was finally becoming, uh, what we like to say in French called du jour. Uh, and uh, people are paying, or we're starting to pay a lot more attention to it. So the timing was perfect there. That being said, uh, I've been hanging out the performance space for a little while right now, uh, back when it was, uh, you know, uh, fairly lean, we'll say. You know, we'll sit there and uh, talk about performance with folks and be, people will be like, oh, so you dance? And it's like, no, I don't. You know, so I'd have to mention web performance. Uh, but now when you mention performance, people pretty much know what you're talking about. So yes, I'm going to be in Miami next year, uh, next year, pardon me, next week. Uh, and um, it's actually one of my favorite talks uh, because it's, I don't want to say it's like interactive, but uh, it's a little interesting. It's an idea that I had several years ago uh, as a lightning talk and I expanded it to um a uh, sort of like a full talk talking about performance actually in general uh, because and I'll get into this probably during this talk but um, I think you know as there's been an increase in attention to performance I also believe that um, that increase should also be sort of uh, this should be kind of like uh, an added bit of literacy as well when it comes to performance because uh, you know it's not what it used to be uh, performance is a little bit more complicated and uh, I have uh, a really good time sort of like talking about the need for literacy and kind of going over some technologies and topics uh, around perf so yeah that's a bit of a ramble but uh, that's what I'm here for and next week obviously as well hey we love the rambles okay we can do that all day we love it talk 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 absolutely yeah that's what we're here for right spaces where we chatted up thank you so much Henri, for the uh intro and uh, you know giving a little bit of, of what you're going to be doing uh this week and or this next upcoming week in react uh miami uh so excited for that so awesome um so yeah i'm scott steinlogi and i'm the technical community manager at edgeo and co-host of the javascript jam and anthony Hello, my name is Anthony Campolo. I am a developer advocate at Edgeo and co-host of JavaScript Jam. And before we get into our interview segment, I also wanted to give Dev a chance to intro himself and then uh, give a bit of a sneak peek of the of upcoming game show event we're doing. So I'm Dev, yeah. intro yourself and just remind people uh, what's going on there. What is up, people? Hope you guys are enjoying this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. Oz, thank you very much, Scott. I'm just I'm just here trying to put my game show hat on. Let's see if we can be a game show host. This is my first time. But if you guys haven't heard or if you guys haven't met me already, my name is Dev. Nice to meet you all. I am also a media partner for React Miami. So if you guys are showing up next week. In Miami, I'm looking forward to meeting you. And as, as a reminder, this week we are hosting a live game show with some of the React Miami speakers. And that is going to be fun. We will have some trivia questions around React, around some other adjacent technologies, some adjacent concepts, whatever the speakers are talking about. It's going to be a super fun, super insightful show. We are going to learn a lot about React, about all these things that the speakers are so motivated to talk about next week. But today, I'm really looking forward to listening or hearing from uh, Will and Andre about what their ideas are, what motivated you guys to uh, 
give this talk or just like invest so much of your time into this topic into this uh, the small area of web development that you guys are talking about that you guys are now experts in and that's all for me also uh, yeah uh, appreciate then white thanks for having me up here for sure yeah um cool so why don't we uh dive in uh we got uh will's topic first in the titles completely random chance but let's go ahead and let him start off yeah so um i got started with the web authentication thing of course because you know at work i work for a, a security identity company which is obviously robot octa and um, it's so basically working there, right? Where you're working for a security company, there's certain things that you got to do because they want to keep, you know, our data safe and, you know, the customer data safe and things like that. And you don't definitely want want to be in the news because your employee got hacked or something like that. That would be like the worst. Um, so because of that, we have like really, really strenuous things that we have to do for having passwords like a lot of requirements um and it because um it was annoying like typing in that password every day was super super annoying because it was super long i eventually memorized it which i was surprised it's like a ton of characters but somehow i memorized it um but every day it got annoying typing in that password and then we had a manual update uh, to where we have to log in with our fingerprint on our work computer. And so fingerprint login has been around, right? It's always been on MacBooks. They got it on Android phones, had it on the iPhone with the Touch ID for a minute. We've had Face ID. We've always had the ability to log. Well, not always, but we had the ability to log in for a while um, using something outside of a password. Um, but I was always, I don't know, scared to. I'm like, I don't want them to have my fingerprint. Um, and so then I was forced to. And then I was like, wow, this is so much better than entering in this um, out-of-control password every day. So I started to look more into it, like, okay, what's really going on? Um, and that's how I started to learn about WebAuthn because I literally hate passwords on so many different levels. And WebAuthn was super convenient and eliminated a tons of the issues I had uh, with passwords. So that's when we start looking into uh, using biometrics and uh, other type of ways of logging in. When you say it was out of control, like how many characters are we talking about? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, it was, it was double digits and it was less than, it was less than 25. That's his, <laughs> but less than 25, but it was, it had to be at least double digits. I just checked my master password is 26, which I have, I do have memorized. Yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> I have one that's like base level. Let me see if I can count it in my head. That's like base level, like 13. Oh, no. Wait. One, two, three, four. Yeah. It's base level. It's like 13. And then I add a particular sort of, you know. Uh, a cipher. Kind of, you know, I kind of rot 13 it a bit, you know, so uh, I can usually, I could be away from a particular service for a couple of years, but I'll probably get the password within like third try or something. By the way, rot 13 is when, uh, for those, I just kind of threw that there, but um, the rot 13 is when you add like 13 letters to a particular character. So... Uh, I don't know, if you took A and took like the 14th letter and you did that with your entire like phrase, that's what they call Rot 13. So I remember when I discovered that, I was like, oh, oh, this is gangster. Uh, so uh, I kind of kept that in mind ever since. It's so gangster. This goes all the way back to Julius Caesar. This is a type of substitution cipher, which is, uh, I learned all this stuff when I got into, into crypto. It's actually a really fascinating history that goes back thousands of years. <laughs> awesome. 
Cool. Um, yeah, uh, you want to talk a little more, uh, Will, about kind of like why you, so you're, you already kind of said like why you're interested in this topic, I guess. Um, how does this relate specifically to like the work you do with Okta? Um, it relates because um, since, you know, Off Zero by Okta is a uh, security company and my particular part is for like consumer applications and SaaS applications, right? When you're using with, uh, or you, when you're dealing with user data, um, we want to make sure that anyone who's building, you know, with our SDKs or using our service is able to have um, strong authentication that they can trust and it's easy for the users. Sometimes it's, we have a lot of things that we try to do to add the passwords to make them more safe, which are also annoying, right? You, you know, have a password manager, right? Which is, yeah, you can do that, but does, you know, my grandmother want to download a password manager? No, she just wants to log on and do the thing that she's trying to do. You can use an authenticator app and go back and forth between that code or use multi-factor authentication. We constantly add things to passwords to make them more secure instead of doing the, what I think personally is the smart thing is to get rid of passwords. So because there are a lot of steps that goes into like handling biometrics, um, we can actually take out a lot of that friction and have you have, you know, that into your web application in a way that's standard, in a way that's secure without having to worry about um, all the odds and ends that goes into it. So that's how the web then relates to um, Off Zero by Okta. And, you know, one of our, like, recent uh, events that we had last year called Developer Days, where we went, like, different cities giving uh, demos, uh, was was based upon, like, having a passwordless future to where we can come in, we can log in with our fingerprint, with our face, uh, with our voice, uh, which I don't know, with AI, I don't know if that's uh, going to be a good one going forward. But something that, that we own that's on us that we don't have to remember because it's part of us uh, and log in that way securely. I got a question. Uh, but do you have any examples of any companies that have been that forward thinking? and have actually implemented this where maybe a startup or something um, that has just done away with passwords completely and only gone for biometric authorization? That's a great question. And honestly, I do not. The only cases I know that people use it as a uh, second, you know, factor of authentication uh, is when, you know, you log in with a password and then it says, you know, use your face ID or fingerprint to, you know, go to the next level. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think, I'm not sure because I haven't turned it on, but I think Discover, I know that their app asked me to log in with face ID. So maybe yeah, they might. Too. Yeah. yeah. So I, that, may, that may be the only, the only thing that I know personally that uh, kind of has it where you don't, but it's still. You still have to lo like register first with a with right. a uh, that, username and password. Curious. Yeah, it would be interesting, you know, to see if there was a, a a case where that actually has played out and and it has had success. Because I wonder how many if it would defer people from signing up who are you know not comfortable with it, or you know how many people are actually not comfortable with it, you know, <laughs> and nowadays, yeah, you know, I, I don't know, you know, yeah, and, and that's the thing, right? Is is passwords been around for so long? Uh, just like Anthony said, since Julius Caesar, it's kind of what people are comfortable with. So just like I said, how my grandma wouldn't want to download a password manager, she probably wouldn't want to put her fingerprint on it uh, to log in either. And that's mainly because, you know, it's just hard for people to change. For years and years, we use passwords and it's kind of been the way. Uh, so it's going get, to get, take some time to get people to switch over to to something different. I think one of the challenges, and, you know, I'm not super well-versed in password and whatnot, but I think one of the challenges has always been um, the strength of the password. Um, I, I, I believe 
that often enough people just don't go in and put together a password that is comfortably strong, right? So that being said, you know, and whatever, I'm not, like I said, I'm far from being a password expert, but a um, couple sort of streams or a couple channels I watch on YouTube. Uh, if anyone's com- uh, familiar with uh, Compu, Compu, I forget, but it's like a bunch of math and, you know, computer wizards, they have a channel. And uh, I've watched just like the two or three part series on passwords. And they talk about um, what is a strong password, what isn't. Uh, because a lot of times it's about, you know, people using words. So uh, often enough, they talk about like splitting the words up in like two or three parts, you know. So sometimes these words may not make sense on paper, but, you know, it'll be stuck in your head. Uh, but I'll, I'm also curious because I think we've also had an increase of uh, uh, computer power, you know, like, you know, CPUs are, are a lot, you know, faster and, uh, you know, computers can really kind of scan through uh, potential passwords in, in mere seconds now, you know, and I was watching this demo where they were doing it. And that's why I was like, oh, so that's why they're saying like the easier the password, obviously, you know, the quicker it'll be, uh, it can be sort of like found and whatnot. So, uh I get back to this whole idea of literacy and which I'll talk about eventually. So I think that if people are taught differently about passwords, you may get a different outcome. But I think a lot of people are like, Hey, I'm just going to use my date of birth, you know, and it's like, boom, done, you know, found in minutes, you know, that kind of stuff. So, uh, I think about that a lot. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, there isn't a lot of, good passwords chosen uh, i think i think the most common password that's like get got leaked is like soccer one two three or something like that i believe that's it it could have changed that was a few years ago um Matt, dude it's way worse the most common password <laughs> in the world is one two three four five six. Oh man no, no joke <laughs> <laughs> but and that's and that's um like the part where I where I think about it, I try to think of it from the uh, user's perspective. Um, is that you know we think about how many times we have to create passwords because now you know because everyone wants your data, they want to send you emails, they want to give you a Facebook pixel pixel so they can track you on forty seven different websites. Right, you have to create a password for so many things. It kind of get from a user perspective. It kind of gets exhausting. Like I don't know if people have seen a tweet that I sent out the other day, or it wasn't from me, but it was something I retweeted for someone else. And it was like I ain't got no more passwords in me, bruh. Like that's what somebody said, and that tweet got lots of uh, likes, lots of views. Um, we're it's like trying to come up with a secure password uh, is a lot of work for the average user when all they're trying to do is buy a pizza, right? I can see if it's like your bank, um, you know, or like your unemployment information or something like secure like that. But, you know, if all you're trying to do is, you know, like, for example, I had to I had to volunteer coach for my, my, my daughter's soccer team. Like, I just wanted to coach, sign the waiver and keep it moving. Like, I didn't really want to think of how can I create a secure password because, you know, it's not really something important. It's probably the only time I'll log into that portal. Uh, so I think instead of, you know, asking the user or putting more work on the user to uh, keep their stuff secure, we kind of get rid of the problem, which is the passwords in general, because there's already too many. I think they said, like, the average person has 108, like, just all through their Internet history. That's a lot. And trying to make all of those unique it's not it's not even happening like no one's making a, like 108 unique passwords and they they you could use a password manager but it's, it's like it's another thing to do when and again this is me personal personal experience i can just press a button on my laptop and i'm in and i don't have to worry about 
any of that stuff. Yeah, I'm a big fan of my password manager because it has the thumbprint on my computer and then I use the face for my phone. I was a little worried about the face one for a while <laughs> because I know that, like, the thing I was always thinking is, like, well, what if someone just, like, took my phone, just, like, put it up to my face? And then I saw a setting where if, like, you don't look at it, then it won't open up. So, like, if someone tried to put up your face, you just, like, close your eyes. I don't know if that, that's actually going to work or not, but at this point, I don't think I need OPSEC that strong because I'm just a DevRel and I, none of the secrets are on my computer. I don't worry about <laughs> it too much. But for the most part, like, I really enjoy having the convenience of being able to do that. And then I then generate passwords that are then kind of filled in by the thumbprint. So that's been a pretty good, good workflow for me. I do want to, we're going to hop around a little bit in this space. I want to give Henri a chance to kind of give his talk pitch. I know he'll have to hop at a certain point as well, but um, we'll let Henri speak, give his little pitch, and then we'll open it up for the crowd. If anyone wants to come up and ask questions of either of you about your talks. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Uh, and, and, and to sort of, you know, um, well, sort of close out a statement from my end with regards to passwords and all the means or the new means by which, you know, we might be able to sort of generate one. Um, I think there's going to be sort of like a user experience hurdle, you know, um, and I think the idea that some of these new methods uh, of, of securing, uh, you know, your, your, your data through like thumbprint or face or whatever, um, I think will also require a bit of an opt-in uh, before it's uh, really kind of widely adopted. Because I'll tell you right now, like about, I think sometime last year, I was like checking in um, for a flight and they're like, yeah, look into the camera. I'm like, why? <laughs> it's like, my passport is here. They're like, no, 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 look into the camera. I'm like, no, 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 scan my passport. You know, and even though they have all the information from my passport, it's still the idea that they just kind of like wanted just, you know, a shot of me when they really had all the information they had right there. So I think there's going to be a little bit of, uh, like I said, I, I, I think uh, some explaining to do uh, to get uh, some of that um, sort of sorted. So, but that being said, uh, yeah. it's, uh, it'll, it'll be interesting. That Dude, that's so interesting you say that. Uh... Do you recall where you was that here in the states? Oh, absolutely. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Because I remember when I went to China, that definitely happened. Even when you get off a freaking bus, public transportation, they go through and take pictures of every single person sitting in the yep. seat. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. So, yeah. Uh, that being said, uh, I'll get into my little bit real quick. So, uh, as I mentioned a few years ago, I had this idea of, uh, uh, you know, just kind of like a friendly. Uh, lightning talk presentation where I kind of went through the alphabet and, uh, and I associated every letter with a performance uh, technology or a term or attribute or something of the sort. And um, this is actually at Google. And uh, I just remember the response. People were like, you know, I really had fun with this and just gave me a you know, bunch of reasons why. And um, I had it, uh, I always used it as a lightning talk given the opportunity but then sometime last year I decided to kind of expand it and just make it like a longer version. And essentially, um, it, it's it's kind of like a way I try to onboard people into performance in the sense that um, I do realize, especially today in 2013, performance is a lot more complicated. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that people haven't heard or, you know, come across or whatnot. So uh, in order to sort of like help promote the, the literacy around performance, uh, I decided to sort of, you know, bring this to um, – to Miami uh, for the uh, the conference, and uh, you know, I I can give this on any occasion, you know, no matter the framework to an extent, uh, and uh, it's really about just the web, and you know what is sort of like on the web, you know what we see, you know. So I, at a web page test, we'll sit there and we'll you know scan the site, and we're like, okay. This is what it looks like when you sort of look under the hood and, you know, we talk about it. And so with this uh, presentation, which is called Rs for React, uh, it's really just kind of going through uh, performance terminologies that people may or may not know. But I'm actually going to add a twist to it by uh, adding 
content that has to do with React and what we see from React sites on the web, right? So, uh, for example, I think in this little trailer that I put up on my Twitter profile, uh, which was uh, the fact that, uh, I don't know what I talked about, but I gave like a percentage of, of React sites that have, what was it? Uh, oh, either way. But, you know, for example, um, I'll say something like, you know, those of you out there who might be familiar with, uh, I don't know, like image formats, uh, I might say like A stands for AVIF, you know, and I might go into the sort of, you know, the technical details of the AVIF format, why it's a little smaller than uh, the WebP, why it's smaller than the JPEG and things like that. And why, you know, that the, the fact that Chrome supports it since I think Chrome 85. Uh, but then I might tell you like, you know, this is the percentage of uh, React sites that are using AVIF right now. Right. So I'll take a snapshot of the web and React sites in particular, and we pull data out of it, you know, through various means like HP Archive or Crux uh, or BigQuery specifically, which, again, has to do with the archive. Uh, and we'll use that. You know, we'll we're able to sort of look at the web and say, OK, you know, uh, AVIF is still not, you know, used widely on the web. Right. Or I might talk about, uh, say, Core Web Vitals, right? I might go say, hey, C is for Core Web Vitals. And here's why it's important, go into the details. And then I'll tell you that, uh, oh, that's what it was. You know, React sites, you know, 53% of them have a, you know, LCP of two and a half seconds or longer. And then I'll go into the details as to why that may not be the best user experience, X, Y, and Z. So... Uh, and imagine that from A to Z, and it's really, like I said, it, it, it'll feel like this onboarding process about, you know, uh, what's happening on the web, and I usually associate it with data as well, so you can have a better idea. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I want to do that simply because, again, you know, in my experience giving talks, I've, you know, I'll, I'll bring up some topics and people are just kind of, I've never heard of this. And it's like, okay, cool. You know, I'm not telling you it's a bad thing that you haven't, but let me tell you about it. So I want to make sure that, you know, people can leave having this sort of, you know, idea of what it's like, uh, you know, developing React sites. You know, we'll tell you, like some of the data will, you know, bring up potentially some oversights that, you know, the majority of people, you know, experience. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's going to be a fun talk. Um, I love discussing some of this data because it's pretty eye-opening. Uh, and, you know, these are things that you'll never know until you pop the hood. And that's why we're here. You know, we pop the hood and we'll, we'll let you know what's going on. Awesome. I want to encourage people to please come up and ask some questions. And yeah, you, you may comment about how you know, in 2023, performance is a little more complicated. I think that's a understatement of the century. Um, as someone who's been involved in performance for so long, like, what is it that makes it more complicated now than in the past? Oh, man, there's so much stuff. Uh, you know, I talk about this a lot. Like, you know, um, I try to compare it. Actually, I was supposed to give a talk about this tomorrow, uh, where I was going to compare... Uh, you know, performance to running, specifically track and field. Uh, so, you know, I tell people all the time, for those who are familiar with like sprinting, 100 meter, 200 meters, you come out the blocks. And, <clears throat> pardon me, um, there's a reason why sprinters spend an inordinate amount of time on their, you know, their jump out the blocks. You know, they don't want to uh, foul out, you know, false start but they want to make sure they get the best start possible. Why? Because if you're laid out the blocks, there's a good chance you're probably not going to win. In web performance, we have some of the same. You know, I can tell you right now, if you have a slow time to first bite, which is pretty much the first metric that we pick up uh, in web performance audits, if it's slow, there's a good chance your site will be slow in the end. So slow start, 
slow end. Uh, you know, we talk about things like, you know, the ability to preload some assets now because we want to make sure that a particular asset comes in as quickly as possible. <clears throat> and that means that, <clears throat> I'm sorry, you'll indicate to the browser, you're like, hey, you know, I know I'm going to send down about 200 assets right now or I have 200 requests. I want this one request to be the absolute priority because it's going to be my LCP candidate, largest contentful paint. And why is the largest contentful paint important? Well, for those who follow things like Lighthouse scores, it's one of the uh, elements that is most crucial in providing the best experience and a decent score. It's also the reason why it's one of the three core web vitals, right? So we get into a really uh, an interesting scenario of decision-making in performance today, right? You can have a pretty busy site, but still provide a really good user experience because you've made decisions along the way as to what gets prioritize what resource gets loaded as quickly as possible while the others play the back burner, right? So um, it's a bit of a game of Jenga at times. Uh, obviously, nothing's going to fall down, but you start to make these decisions as to, okay, what's going to be the best, what's going to provide the best user experience? And it does require... Uh, a level of literacy and understanding how you know resources operate, um, how the web operates, how browsers operates. By the way, folks, um, I'll tell you right now, and this is my personal belief: uh, the browser is the greatest piece of application on the planet. It allows you to do so much stuff um, you wouldn't even believe. But it also can uh, assist you in making some of the best decisions possible when it comes to performance as well. So once you understand how browsers work as well, you'll have a better understanding of performance. And then, like I said, there's some technologies out there that once you know how they work, performance is like a completely different story. You know. So I hope that answers your questions. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've a little bit into core web vitals and not as deep into the actual like browser mechanics themselves but i find that it's such a great topic to dive into and to specialize in because it's something that touches everybody regardless of whether you're desktop user or mobile user apple or android it really doesn't matter how you're accessing the web you're accessing it through a browser pretty much exclusively so it's just so consequential absolutely and you know it's a good thing you mentioned the browser bit i mean the mobile and desktop bit you know uh somewhere in 2016 the fall of 2016 uh the the biggest shift happened you know it went under the radar but it's something that i bring up quite often in in some of my talks um, you know, the browser or the internet was being accessed by mobile more so than desktop for the first time in history. And that happened in fall in 2016. So that's a stat that will never go back. You know, you're never going to see a resurgence of desktop. Um, so that being said, you know, we look at data, yes, desktop data, but more so browser, I mean, uh, mobile data, uh, simply because that's what people use almost all the time. And I'll give you some data right here is that it's kind of like a six to four ratio right now, roughly, um, for mobile. And once you get into busier and more popular sites like the top 100, top 10,000, top 1,000, that ratio jumps to 8 to 2. So 
of some of the top sites are being asked, accessed on mobile. So once you know that data, you start to really look at the web differently. Like, are you sending all these massive assets down the wire so that people could look at it on a mobile device? I hope not. Uh, so, you know, we start to make, you know, decisions based on the, um, the traffic, right? If you know you're mostly mobile traffic, why are you providing desktop assets? Right. You know, we start to look at things like that. And uh, hopefully through some literacy, we get to people, we get people to understand that this is really happening, you know, and because we operate by looking under the hood all day long and we see these oversights. Yeah, I remember there was this term I used to hear a lot when I was learning web dev. We talked about mobile first development and the way the term was being used was like super, super narrow. It was basically like you should design for a narrow screen first. And it's like that's there's a lot more things that go into the difference between mobile and desktop than just like the size of the screen, you know. So I think thinking of mobile first development as like what does that mean for performance? What does that mean for usability? What does that mean for accessibility? And it makes a lot more sense to build in a mobile first way but the length of considerations that go into that is just so massive. And it's, to me, it's kind of sad because it's like I, I, I'm on the web hours and hours a day. I use my phone a lot. I use a laptop a lot. And just the phone experience is almost universally worse on almost every single site <laughs> because it's just going to be slower. It's going to be harder to see things. The ads are going to be more obtrusive. There's just like so many things that make it a worse experience. And that's the most common way that people are accessing the site, most likely, as you're saying. So it's, um, it's a sad state of affairs, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, you know, there are people, like, for the most part, I think, you know, I'm looking at the room right here. I think for the most part, people first got on the web on a desktop computer, you know, crappy as it was, maybe. Uh, leave North America. And there are people, their first web experience was on a mobile device. And uh, there's a generation who will experience the web almost exclusively on mobile for their entire lives. Uh, you know, we have data showing that, you know, in some cases, the experience is anywhere from two and a half to three, three point something times worse on mobile devices because they cannot uh, parse and process say, JavaScript as well as a desktop. Um, you know, there's a metric that's not going to be a, maybe not an official metric, but it is something that the working group, the performance working group is considering, uh, and it's one called the rage click, which I'll probably talk about in Miami. So, you know, no spoilers, but, you know, it's about um, users tapping consistently on a particular area of the screen because things are not moving, right? They're not being responsive. Uh, you know, we talked about, you talked about, uh, was it uh, mobile first? You know, there's, a, there's an API that's not being used a lot, but it's called the Network Information API that I always thought was fascinating when I first discovered it. You know, you can base some of the resources that you're sending down the wire uh, you can base it on the user's connectivity, right? So if the user's on, say, like a really bad 2G-ish connectivity, you can say, I don't know, send an SVG instead of a full raster image, right? Uh, these are the tools. These are the sort of APIs we have to our disposal and... That's why, again, I get back to the idea that literacy is going to change how development or performance literacy could certainly change how development is done because you, you understand what's at stake. Definitely. I just pinned a link to that up top. Cool. So how does performance and security intersect. 
it it does actually well that uh you know the fresh prince of javascript get into that um i haven't gone in depth on the topic so i probably wouldn't have the best answer but you know i can see how uh slow performance at least from a user's perspective can make something seem insecure or maybe even the term janky uh, and make it less trustworthy. Yeah, that's a good point. I would also say, you know, if someone is frustrated about the speed of something, they're going to want a faster solution. And when it comes to security, usually faster is less secure and slower is more secure. This is kind of like one of those fundamental laws that just making something more secure usually means adding more steps. So, you know, it's not like literal like web page loading thing, like having to stop, go get a two-factor auth code, go plug that in. There may be multiple redirects. There may be a lot going on there. So that could be kind of one thing that could cause the two to intersect with each other. I mean, we look for vulnerabilities as well, you know, uh, sometimes particular versions that are being used um, aren't um, updated or something of the sort. And at which point, you know, your browser, again, the greatest tool on the planet, the greatest application on the planet might actually block it, right? And then you end up with a situation where you have a potentially, you know, a, a resource you absolutely need for your web app to sort of operate properly. Uh, but, you know, if it's not meeting a particular security standard, uh, you know, it may not load. And then you suddenly have a sort of like spoff, single point of failure potentially, and then your, your whole application goes down the tubes, right? So, uh, you know, we, we, we spend a lot of time looking at waterfalls. Uh, and, uh, you know, we talked about earlier, we talked about uh, uh, fingerprints. I mean, the waterfall is almost like the web's fingerprint. Like, what is going on here? Uh, and, you know, we'll see things. And that's what, again, you know, we, we talk about, you know, every single resource on a, on a page um, has impact in performance, right? So, uh, you know, how is it being loaded? How big the resource is? Uh, you know, is it a blocking resource, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like I'm getting away from my React talk here, <laughs> uh, which is all good. Yeah, for sure. I just want to, once again, let everyone know, like, we're welcome to join and ask some questions. We got these two awesome speakers up here willing to chat with you. Um, Scott, you want to give us a, a station break while that happens? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Hey, guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, Will, uh, uh, thank you so much for joining us and, uh, you know, giving your bit on uh, your talks that you're going to be doing React Miami and just, you know, a little bit uh, of uh, good conversation, really, more than anything. Um, and uh, we always appreciate that. So thank you so much. I want to say, hey, if you're new here, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you are amazing. No, really, you are. Thank you. Um, and also, um, you know, whether you're, whether you're a beginner or, or a longtime developer, it doesn't matter. We want to hear from everybody. So like Anthony was saying, feel free to... Uh, you know, request to come up, ask questions, state opinions, you know, whatever you'd like to do. We want to hear from you because um, you bring more value to here. And by the way, if you've gotten value from uh, Fresh Prince here, you know, Will or Henri, um, please, uh, or, or anybody else that uh, has been speaking up here, please feel free to click on their face there and follow them if you're not already. Um, because I promise you, if you feel like you've gotten some value from them here, you're going to get value from them in other places and you're going to want to hear and follow them. So do it, do it, do it. And, you know, of course, JavaScript jam wouldn't mind a follow too. Uh, 
because you don't want to miss out on uh, everything that we do every week because we do this every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Plus, we are doing a collaboration with React Miami and uh, a few other um, a few other events. In fact, Remix is coming up. Remix Conference. Hey, we're going to be doing that too. So just kind of throwing those things out there for y'all. But um, super excited and so glad to have these two amazing people on here today with us. Um, speaking about uh, their passions and, and and where they lie and what uh, you know what we can do to improve upon some of these things and just what to uh, or just gain knowledge on. So I'm super excited for all that. All right, y'all. Um, let's continue. Oh wait, one last thing. Actually, my apologies. If you have not already su- subscribed to our JavaScript Jam newsletter, which uh, you would have known that um, Henri and Fresh Prince here, Will was joining us today. Um, please check it out. Um, you're going to get some value from it, I promise. Um, and you don't want to miss out on the latest in the web development and JavaScript uh, arena there. Um, and Anthony writes that actually. Um, and he's been improving that thing beyond leaps and bounds. It looks amazing, phenomenal, actually. There's so much good information in there. Um, so feel free to jump on that by going to javascriptgm.com and obviously putting in your email so you can start receiving our newsletter there. And be in the know of who we have coming up to to uh, join us here on on the stage uh, on Wednesdays. So, and one other thing, just uh, two two other things actually, just shouting out Deb's uh, thing that we're doing. You know the um, the game show that we're doing called uh, Miami Jam on Friday. Um, be on the lookout for that. I'm sure we'll be going and uh, streaming live to YouTube. Twitter, and I think we're going to be streaming to Dev's Twitch account as well. So look out in those places for us. Uh, we're going to be having some of the React Miami speakers on there to do this game show like uh, Dev spoke of earlier. So super excited for that. Um, also, one quick thing about that. if uh, It's going to be kind of a trivia-based game show. If you guys have any ideas, any fun questions that you think we should ask our speakers, please let me know. Please, yeah. uh, you can DM, DM me or just tweet at me. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Anything Absolutely react, ready. react adjacent, and may, you can also like have screenshots or snippets around the question if you want to. Great idea. Yeah. If you want to be involved, that's a great way to be involved with that as well. Plus, you know, hey, the audience, we want to take questions from you guys live as well too. So uh, feel free to join us live. And if you have anything you want to submit pre-stream, uh, then hit up Dev in the DMs. Uh, that'd be good. Awesome. And um, yeah, and then also Anthony and I have our new thing that we do on Thursdays, which is uh, um, kind of a, a little bit of a Scott, yeah, journey. Web adventure. <laughs> yes, Anthony and Scott's uh, web development adventure. So join us uh, tomorrow on that. All right, that's it. Thank you so much. You said one more thing like five or six times, I think. I know. <laughs> one more, one uh, more, one more. <laughs> but but I, 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 I will say one more thing before I have to bounce because I do have a, a meeting <laughs> awesome. at, at four. But or for like at the top of the hour, um, I think one of the reasons uh, I remember like, I see Michelle who just popped in and uh, it's ironic that she should come in because I'm about to quote her uh, is that um, I remember when I applied to speak, she was like, hey, you know, uh, I didn't realize you were into React. And the one thing there are a couple of things, actually. The one thing is that uh, I'm into the web, you know, so if you're showing up on the web. Like, I'm curious. And um, that, I think, is the one area in web performance that I absolutely love because, you know, we'll sit there and, and look under the hood uh, under any site. You know, it could be a view site, could be a Svelte, could be React, obviously, it could be whatever. And, you know, we're passionate about that. We want to see, like, what kind of patterns, you know, are existing with some of these frameworks uh, and you know how they can be best maximized for performance. So uh, it's not really reacting. It's like you know, it's just are you on the web? Cool. You know, let's talk about it. Now uh, I did. Uh, I have been spending a little bit of time in the React space simply because I think React is absolutely established. You know, uh, ten years next month, um, and I don't think it's really slowing down if anything i feel like it's picking up steam again you know so we like to see what's going on we like to see what people uh, how people are developing sites how they're showing up on the web 
you know, and what kind of user experience they're providing uh, uh, overall. And and the one thing I want to say uh, before I jump out is is the following. And one of the things that have been that has been super duper interesting is the fact that uh, the modern web is pretty complex. Um, as Anthony said, like uh, if you start to look at web performance, uh, it's gotten complex because the web has gotten complex. Uh, and we're trying to make the best uh, of these complexities in providing good user experiences. And the one thing that has been pretty shocking to some of us in the web performance space, uh, once upon a time, uh, the heaviest asset was pretty much always going to be an image. Like that was just easy peasy. It's like, what's your heaviest? Oh, images, come on. Especially PNGs, you know, lossless, whatever. We are coming across scenarios and quite often actually, where now the heaviest assets on a page is JavaScript. Like a text-based asset is the heaviest resource. And honestly, it's kind of mind-blowing to think about, but what is now happening is that it's really just kind of providing sometimes a corrosive experience uh, that you can't necessarily notice by just looking at the page. It looks pretty. It's got awesome colors. Under the hood, it's like tornadoes. And this is what we are looking at a lot closely now, a lot closer, uh, simply because, you know, again, we could talk about new metrics like the rage click. That has come about through this sort of like this abundance of JavaScript that is coming down uh, the wire. And, you know, uh, yeah, we're here to sort of see if we can provide solutions and helping that out. That being said, folks, thank you very much for having me. Like I said, unfortunately, I have to jump out. Uh, thank you for joining us, man. Good to have you. Hope to see you in Miami. Absolutely. I know I'll see I'll, you in Miami. I'll, I'll see you guys in Miami. Apparently, I'll need my umbrella. So I know Will's going to have those short shorts. You already know. All right, then. <laughs> okay, cheers, folks. All right, man. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to ask. Um, we can just ask, I guess, Will, um, aside from kind of the, the rain situation, are there things you're looking forward to about Miami specifically? Just like either the culture or an event or like just the vibe, any of that? I want to go see the FTX arena personally. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, man. I'm like, um, Miami's like my home away from home, man. Like, uh, so this is like my third time going in the last year. I love Miami. I was at React Miami last year. I uh, took my wife there on like a little vacation uh, a couple months ago, and they actually renamed FTX Arena because of the whole thing. Yeah, that, that's, that's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so I'm looking forward to also this year. Last year I took my wife. This year I'm taking uh, my wife with me as well as my two daughters. So I'm excited for them to get to experience, you know, something that I really, really enjoy. Uh, hopefully it doesn't rain too bad. Like let them get to go to the beach. I'm excited to uh, eat at a bodega. It's a uh, restaurant down there. They have the Tierra y Marques Adias, um, which is land of land and sea or something like that things when you translate it it's steak and shrimp and it is delicious like oh my god i can't wait to eat first thing i'm doing when i hop off the plane is going to bodega um and then we have beach volleyball um on friday morning for the choose your developer health journey you can run uh with for a 30 minute run with honorary we there's a yoga on the beach and then there's beach volleyball uh, with me, and I may or may not have some Miami appropriate swag for the people who come play beach volleyball. Uh, I may or may not. So you, you have to show up to see if I do or not. Um, and then just chilling with everybody. Like last time it was great. I met a lot of people in person from Twitter, uh, got to hang out, you know, have like real life conversations. And uh, so yeah, I'm excited to get back. Like everything, I'm just there's 10 10, 20 10 excitement for me. I just want to make a point that you mentioned Bodega, and everybody in this call 
if you are in Miami and you do not go to Bodega, you have made a grave mistake. Yes. <laughs> I'm taking a small group um, to Bodega on the first day, including the person who sponsored me, Michael Leando, who's also a speaker at React Miami. Um, so if anybody wants to join this small group, it's a five-minute Uber ride. Um, I'm putting together the group in WhatsApp. And, yeah, we're going to go eat some bomb food and hang out. So let me know. Yeah, I'm going to need to get added to that group because I'm, I'm already planning on going to Bodega like every day. But now I can go twice. So add, add me to that group, too. All right. I'll shoot you a follow and uh, grab your number off DM. All right. And also one more thing um, that I'm really excited about is um, – um, with Off Zero, we're sponsoring the diversity scholarship uh, with React Miami. So we're going to um, provide some people's tickets to that event. And it's like part of a, an initiative that I'm trying to do with Off Zero and like support emerging developers. For the people who don't know, I'm like a self-taught developer, um, taught myself, still kind of new to the industry, in my opinion, compared to other people. I think I'm like three years in now. Um, and I want to be able to help those people who are coming up along the way because I understand their experience. I understand their fears and kind of like help guide them. So we're doing the diversity scholarship and I'm actually going to take those people out um, and show them a good time as well. So that's another thing I'm really, really excited about and to meet those people, hear their stories, uh, hear their experiences and hopefully build some long-time relationships and give them some advice that'll, that'll help them in their careers. If it's cool, um, after I get your number, I would love to join that little group as well because I'm a new dev and I also got sponsored because I'm from an underrepresented group. Um, so I'd love to meet like fellow underrepresented newbies in tech, um, probably first time conference goers. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, let's make it happen. Yes, I love the connections that spaces can make a reality and happen. Um, dude, <laughs> that's so cool. Even just, you know, one, even just one person getting help, you know, during a, a space or getting linked up or networked with somebody is just, it's worth it all for real. That did it for me there. Thank you so much <laughs> for that. Appreciate it. Awesome. Right. Um, yeah, go ahead, Scott. No, yeah, I think, uh, I think that just about sums it up. Um, for, for the call today. Anthony, did you have anything else? Uh, no, just uh, super excited for React Miami. Thanks, uh, Will and Henri, for joining us. Henri's not here anymore. And then thank you, Michelle, for hopping up for a bit. Thank you, Alexis, for joining us once again. Thank you, Dev, for helping organize this cool event we're doing with the game show. And yeah, this is just like such a, such a cool team people been really stoked to get to do all this 100 percent, totally agree and thanks michelle for chiming in for a little bit today with us appreciate it um yeah it's been awesome uh you guys are great and i'm really looking forward to miami um yeah it just sounds like such a cool thing so all right and i love good food so <laughs> i'll definitely have to check that place out all right y'all Thank you so much. And remember, if you got value from somebody up here, click on the face, follow them if you haven't already, because um, you're missing out. <laughs> Obviously, you're going to get value from them in other places too. Um, but yeah, <laughs> with that being said, we will see you in the next one. Yeah.